focusing on the Geelong market. Brought to you by Loan Market Geelong, visit Sarah Thompson, Liz McRae and the team at Ryrie Street for all your financing needs. I'm Damien Ratcliffe and each week Open House will bring you an expert with experience in this current Geelong market to help you make your next property purchase or sell your next home. And our next guest is Julia Warren, real estate agent at Buxton Real Estate. Hello, thanks Welcome for having me. Welcome to Open me. House. Thank you, nice to be here. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate. Was it something you always wanted to do? Yeah, it actually was. I remember um, back when I was in high school, 16, 17, sort of wondering what I wanted to do at the end of school. And um, I actually discovered that I had a bit of an unknown passion for looking on realestate.com at <laughs> houses. And um, I just had a moment one day, I thought, hang on, maybe I should get into real estate. I actually really love anything to do with property. So um, it was something that I knew leading out of high school I would get into. So I wasn't ready as soon as I finished. I knew it was a, a pretty um, a job that involved a lot of time commitment. So um, I went and just worked in pharmacy for a couple of years, just in retail. And um, now I've been in real estate for almost six years. So um, two years out of high school got in and um, I've been at Buxton the whole time. Cool. So, Where the yeah. interest in just looking at realestate.com is family? I think have... I probably got it from my mum. Yeah. Um, so we grew up um, down on acreage in Wallington. I think I always aspired to live in town because I felt like we were sort of um, quite out of the loop down there and we used to love looking at property and just dreaming of what we could buy if we moved into town. So uh, that's probably where it started and then, yeah, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. I thought, hang on, maybe I really like property, you know, to sort of, and that's something I could take on after high school. So, cool. yeah. So was, is there a course? What do you have to do out of high school to get into real estate? Yeah, so it's relatively straightforward. So it's just an agent's rep certificate, which if you actually look it up online, there's heaps of different platforms. So you can either do it in the classroom or just online. So I did um, my agent's rep course just at the Geelong Conference Centre. It was a five-day course and there you go. You've got your certificate. So I think it's certainly an industry you've got to be on the ground and in in the door working on. It's not something you could ever learn from a book. So it was definitely a lot different from the five day course to now six years down the track. It's definitely you got to learn on the job. Right. As and, you go. And yeah. do you just send out your resume to as yeah. many sort of agencies as possible to try and get a gig? I actually was already working on Packington Street in Geelong West. So. I had already decided I loved that location. Um, so naturally, Buxton, which um, were located in Geelong West at the time, um, they were on my radar. So just by queer coincidence, I was connected to Dylan, who was the director there, just through friends of friends, how funny things happen in this world. And um, I chased him for six months, seven months, until he'd finally give me an interview and um, took me on as his assistant for two years. So that seems to be the gateway for most people into real estate is working as a sales assistant and um, then two years under him and then out into sales on my own. So Easier yeah. to start with one of the big franchises than the niche, niche um, markets? Oh, I mean, everyone probably says they have different experiences. What was um, the attraction for me about Buxton is that they had quite a, a younger demographic. So they definitely wanted to take people on at the start of their career, not sort of midway or halfway. So, um, that was the attraction for me is that sort of their process is grabbing you at the start. So you're a bit of a blank canvas basically and, um, and train you up and, um, eventually, you know, set you free into, into sales on your own. So sure. yeah, that's what the attraction for me was there. So how's the progression over six years happened? I guess they don't just 
give you a stack of houses and say you're selling these? No, so it's definitely, um, no, you're definitely riding solo. So the first two years is is pretty intensive. I think it's great working under someone who's um, a director or someone who's quite a, a high volume sales agent. So you really do see the ins and outs. And I think that's when the doors open of you going, okay, it's it's definitely a different view from the inside versus outside of what you know real estate really involves but I found that I loved every minute of it so it's um yeah when I I remember it was in in October when I went out into sales on my own and um yeah you already you come off the back with a little bit of momentum after working underneath someone for a couple of years but um yeah it's certainly different becoming your own boss when you've been working under someone for a while so yeah what does a normal week look like for you now then uh so our work week is um oh, it could be monday to sunday usually it's monday to saturday so uh, saturday being sort of the game day i think most people would describe it as probably the most exciting day of the week being actually out there uh, yeah. meeting people and um it's an exciting day seeing everyone's open boards out so i think saturday is definitely by far the favorite day of the week um but then rolling into so you mondays are always just the, the aftermath of a busy saturday basically so um you know, your monday to friday is although doing mainly just appraisals private appointments throughout the week doing open for inspections on wednesday thursday nights uh, but just a lot of follow-up monday is probably one of the busiest days of the week in the office yeah. and um saturday being yeah really just out and about and um meeting people on the ground which is the best part I sure think. Yeah. so it's a six-day week or do you squeeze yeah, in a friday usually, off or? Uh, it's usually a six-day week i think that's the um, one of the more flexible parts of our job is that we have control of our schedules ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you can try and take, um, you know, sometimes a, a Friday afternoon if you can, or um, another afternoon one day, but um, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. It's Monday today. So what's the aftermath of the weekend look like today? It's quite busy. Yeah, we met quite a few people on Saturday, so it's just all of the follow up, getting everything um, lined up and ready for the week ahead, basically. So Monday's just. Um, a bit of a set plan for the week moving forward, booking in open for inspections, working around auctions on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, today's on the phones a lot, basically. That's pretty much your whole Monday. Yeah. yeah. Is there a day where you get more sales than others? Is it uh, phone think, ring crazy on a Monday? Or I think, uh, look, Monday... Uh, uh, Saturdays is usually your busiest day for that sort of stuff. So if people are keen, and you probably know from when um, you were on the buying front, is um, you know that's really then the main conversations are happening. Negotiations and will roll over into a Sunday Monday. So Monday is usually a day of of tying those conversations up, getting contracts signed, and um, just following up anyone who's on your radar for any properties, especially in an auction campaign. Yeah, Mondays. So um, other than that, then your busy days, people start to pick up the phones. I think strongly on a Friday planning their Saturday just making sure properties they're coming to see are still for sale or where they're at yeah, yeah. what about this the houses that sell on a Saturday are you looking at um you know those sort of statistics or auction clearance rates or anything Absolutely. like that Absolutely, yeah we keep a pretty close eye and I think you're here even just crossing over we all meet the same buyers all you know across all different agencies on a Saturday so if it's not one of the colleagues it's usually a buyer reporting an auction they just saw or a result they just heard of so we're all pretty in tune with what's going on across the board on a Saturday but um, if not then in our Monday morning meeting we all share any results that we heard about so so I think um, you know, when you work closely knit in um, a smaller area, being like Geelong City location, you all hear about each other's results. So, But we want to know, we're curious to hear as yeah. well. Yeah. Cool. One yeah. thing you do really well, besides being easy to talk to, is your Instagram was 
Uh, how long into your um, journey did you realize that Instagram would give you a chance to attract a different clientele? I think for me being a younger agent, so probably fair to say in sort of a new breed of agents that are um, have sort of grown up in this social media bubble, um, I probably replicated a few people in Melbourne that I'd seen doing some strong work on social media. For me, I realized Geelong was a bit of a sleepy hollow with that sort of, and this is going back sort of three, four years ago now. So I saw a gap definitely to work that space well in Geelong. I think it's really helped me just connect to people on a more personal level. I think agents had a perception of being just these robotic people in suits and you know you didn't really know much beyond the surface so social media especially Instagram combining business with personal just to show people that you are a human uh, but it also gives you reach and I think a lot of people especially in my younger demographic have learnt um, you know that's a space to watch um, especially people looking for first homes or that are heavily into social media like I am so yeah it's been great yeah have you seen you know, buyers come to you say they saw it on Instagram. Yeah, or... I'll never forget. I sold a property in um, Hamlin Heights on Shannon Avenue. And um, this was when, again, video was still quite new in Geelong as well. And um, I was pushing it quite hard, especially through Facebook and Instagram. And they had just never been searching in that location before. And they came through the inspection. I happened to know them through friends of friends. So someone had tagged their name in the video and they came along and, and ended up being the buyer for it. And that was a moment where I just thought, wow, this is actually a key part of marketing the home now. It's not just yeah. um, you know, a personal interest. It's actually an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And do you see people our age there looking to buy that house that they can that they that's insta worthy, I guess? Yeah, I think um people love the excitement now, especially in such a social world. So there's um yeah, people get attracted. I think the social media marketing creates excitement and they love to tag their friends and share. Um, I've noticed even, for example, looking at that one in Shannon Avenue on Hamlin Heights, when they purchased the home, then they shared the video and tagged all their friends. So it just creates a different hype and excitement, especially in that space. But it's not even just the younger demographic. I think you find it's people's sons and daughters that find properties for their mums and dads and go, oh, I saw this on Facebook or, you know, have you seen this? Or have you considered looking in that location? Because it shows you things that you would never have looked if you were just looking in West or East. Um, it might have been something in Heighton and Belmont that they hadn't considered before. Yeah. Yeah. As far as chasing leads, is there pressure on you to chase leads or do they come pretty organically? Oh, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster. It, they come in waves, but I think real estate's really a contact sport. That's and not in the physical sense. <laughs> like it's um yeah, you know, it's all about creating relationships and staying in contact with people. So if you're good at that side of it, then you know the the leads will come. Um, being um, sort of earlier at a point in my career, um, being in the industry for six years, I think that's when you start to see the flow on from the last few years of work start to come to fruition. So um, it's people you met three, four, five years ago that you've never let them forget who you are, picking up the phone all the time, uh, that starts to flow in. So your first 12 years, uh, 12 years, 12 months um, to three years, you know, that's that's the hard yards. It starts to flow on after then. Yeah. yeah. Back on that Instagram discussion, how important is styling, do you think, in, in houses for sale? Massive. Yeah, I think it's an, a game changer. Again, it's only been popular in Geelong really for the last two to three years. You find that styling, especially even just the styling businesses have grown. So uh, the demand has increased massively. I always use the example with clients of saying if we had two identical homes next door to each other, 
if one was styled and one wasn't, the one that's styled will always sell first. It's just that perception and it creates such a different feel. Um, I couldn't be a bigger advocate for it. So whether it's a one bedroom unit or a five bedroom family home, um, I really think it's, you know, it's almost a necessity. It used to be a luxury, but these days um, I think it's, it's definitely necessary. You can't, you know, you can't not consider doing it. Do you think houses that get styled overperform or on the flip side, houses that don't get styled potentially underperform? It's it's hard to track the you know, the exact numbers. So, but if you look you know, across the board at successful campaigns, they they usually have a few things in common. One being presentation. So, yeah. it's um it's impossible to say. Look, if that wasn't styled, it would have sold for X. But it's fair to say that if you look at the homes that do have successful campaigns, um, you know, the clients have taken the time to invest into into styling. So it just and I've even noticed that when you know you buy a home, people buy a home that's been styled, and then they go through for the final inspection before they take over and the furniture's out of it and even just seeing their reaction of going oh this does look different doesn't it without the furniture so it's um yeah it's it's such a different perception so it's really hard to gauge the exact numbers but the investment of you know three to four thousand into getting the home styled you don't know it could be anywhere from 10 20 to thirty thousand on the sale price you just never know but the competition on homes that are presented that way is always stronger yeah yeah we're jumping around a bit here but Mm. do uh do the more experienced agents do they get the the bigger fish so to speak as far as properties it's so so it really does come down to to different clients and different locations i think we're quite lucky across the board that we've got a great name at all ends of the scale so um, and you know the service in my opinion whether it's a a unit or a a two million dollar home it's still the same level of service that everyone receives so but the marketplace sometimes has a perception and that's probably why we do get called into a lot of homes at that level um, because the brand just seems to be perceived as a more quality brand compared to others and that's you know fair to say for other brands across Geelong as well that do seem to be the ones that get called in so but down to agents again it's it's comes back to the same comment before about being a contact sport if you've worked on the work to create the relationship yeah, it'll it'll flow from there but some of the more um you know high-end homes you, you'd probably say it's um it's a correlation that they've lived in the area for quite a long time so really likely they probably already know someone and um they might already have a relationship there so it's case by case yeah yeah what are the homes that you think are performing right now or what attributes do they have that that makes them easier to sell than others i think especially coming off the back of a really hot market and then a a cooled down stabilized market which is which is what we're working in now um thinking back of two campaigns that have recently gone really well uh, again our conversation about presentation that's such a big part of it Um, sharp marketing as well i think the perception to the market is if an owner's invested strongly into a good marketing campaign that you know they're invested in achieving a great price for the home as well so um that same perception coming back to you know if you've got an agent who's from out of town and they've done really basic marketing they're great to buy from but you just wouldn't sell with them so um but the campaigns of recent even one in in grovedale and carstairs that was a higher category home for that location being in the 600s um, but they they moved out they got it styled um, it was priced sharply with the competing properties on the market and um, it sold week one for top of the asking price for 620 which was a big price for the area so yeah. I think um, that seems to be the ingredients is is presentation is a huge key part of it and price sure. yeah so bedrooms or or having a backyard 
do, do those sort of things make a difference, do you think? In I, it really depends. If, yeah, if you compare two different marketplaces in Geelong West versus Heighton, they're mm-hmm. two quite different areas. Uh, both same median price of 700000 to get into the market. So uh, as you notice, the difference between buyers is Geelong West buyers, they're okay with the smart block or the smaller, cosier block. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, that attracts a Melbourne market um, and they love Packington Street. It's very similar to Melbourne. So it really comes down to buyer preference because as you go over to Heighton area, it's more commonly your younger first home buyers, upsizing families. Um, you get more home for a similar price that you get less of a home in Geelong West. Yep. So, um, you know, block size and house size, it really it's buyer dependent. So two marketplaces, Heighton and West, that have the same entry price point, mm-hmm. um, but the package that you get is quite different. So again, it's a different sort of buyer, but there's yep. both demand in both spaces. Cool. Yeah. I'd love to run through a couple of houses that um, you were selling that Claire and I went through. And I think the first time we met you was in Anthony Street at Newcomb. Yeah. I really liked that house. That I think was, it was a great place. I think yeah. it was one of the first houses that we checked out. And I think it might have had four bedrooms, two bathrooms, big backyard mm-hmm. um, and reasonably priced because it was in Newcomb. Yeah. Um, that performed pretty well I reckon it did yeah so that was again probably not even dissimilar to the property I mentioned in Grovedale it was a, a higher category of home for the location so that seemed to be and the buyers probably just like yourselves when we met is it plucked people that were looking in locations like east or west or Newtown just because of the presentation and style of the home mm-hmm. so it was on market for it was actually on the market for longer than I thought that it should have been um, but again people were trying to understand the concept of a six hundred thousand dollar house in Newcomb. Yeah, um, and, people, and it was Christmas time too, I think. And it was Christmas time. Yeah, and we were coming off the back of a really heated market. That's when things had had just toned back a little bit as well at the end of last year. So, uh, but there was certainly high demand for that because it offered you the opportunity to have a home that you classically see in East Geelong or in Geelong West um, that you would have paid you know 750 800 for in those locations offering in the early 600,000 so the buyer for that was a young first home buying couple um, that again were considering other locations but were willing to be that little bit further out of town one minute extra out of town um, but they got more home yeah, yeah so that was popular sure. yeah then there was one in Leopold that needed some work and that's yeah. why I wanted to ask you about that. I think it might have needed re-stumping. Mm-hmm. Um, are those sort of houses harder to sell because you know buyers might be scared that they have to put in some extra money to, to get work done? Yeah, it's probably a good reflection looking at the market 12 months ago. Homes that needed a little bit of work or that were a little bit quirky were all moving really strongly because it was almost a panic buying market. People felt like there'd never be another home on the market again, which was um, which was the result of such a strong market last year. So homes now in the market, even for example, looking at Baruna in Leopold, um, needed a little bit of love and uh, people are being a little bit more picky and fussy because there's more supply on the market. Speaking probably really eight weeks ago now, things have certainly stabilized the last two months. So um, homes like that offer certainly more challenges, um, especially in the style of home that was for a younger buyer, um, often are a little bit more tuned in, um, very diligent young first home buyers definitely want to get building inspections done. And um, they're certainly a more cautious style buyer. So it certainly offers challenges, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to price. Um, and you know, people will always see value at a certain level, no matter what the condition of the house. So if it's having trouble because it's 
the price usually it's not the condition if that makes sense Mm so um you know bruna ended up going for a strong price we had multiple offers on it because it was priced well considering it needed work Mm -hmm. Uh, but definitely at the earlier months of this year when the market was um going over a bit of a speed bump it's probably the way to explain it um buyers definitely shied away from homes that needed work because there was more supply so they could certainly be fussier than 12 months ago when supply was low and demand was really high yeah. yeah. Is that still the same now, do you think? Or Things have stabilized. I think the last eight weeks have been really healthy for Geelong. So again, supply and demand, um, it's not as um, more shifting in the direction of selling like it was 12 months ago. There's still more supply on the market, but we've certainly noticed that pull back um, now that the election's over and people seem to have relaxed. Um, there's a lot more people back in the game, uh, which naturally supply picks up, uh, sorry, supply lowers, demand picks up. So um, even on the weekend, we had a two-bedroom unit in Manifold Heights go to auction, which you'd never traditionally auction a property like that. Sure. And that had three bidders on it. So it's a much healthier time coming into the market now. Um, you know, there was a bit of a speed bump earlier this year between September and March. Uh, there was a 3% pullback in Geelong, but uh, we've noticed even just looking at the medians now, they're all very much similar to 12 months ago. So things mm-hmm. have stabilized. Yeah. Yeah. You had the cute little house in Gertrude Street, mm-hmm. um, period home, freshly renovated. Um, but as you spoke about with with those sort of buyers, it's a, a real niche. The mm. the smaller smaller house, smaller block, just yeah. squeeze your car into a yeah. garage out the back. If you've got a little hatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Gertrude was a great one. And again, that was really down to timing um, coming into the market. West was arguably one of the most heated markets um, last year. So um, my personal opinion is, is West probably had more of a knock around than most locations. Um, so Gertrude Street was a great example of um, a very quirky niche home. The traffic we had through that was strongly Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Any local traffic, local buyers that we had through um, just couldn't quite see past the floor plan and size. Whereas Melbourne buyers, again, they're coming from smaller places. So that just seems like the norm. It ended up being a Melbourne investor that purchased that home with the plan to eventually move down. So that always felt like it was going to be the buyer. 12 months ago, homes that were a little bit quirky or needed work or had just a quirky size or floor plan, uh, they were just going like hotcakes. So it's been those styles of homes that have sat on the market longer this year. Um, that there's been more supply of um, you know, your stock standard sort of go-to homes. So the ones that are a little bit left of centre have had av- average time on market longer than they would have last year. Yeah. yeah. And you had a beautiful home around the corner here in McKillop Street. It's on a busy sort of road, I guess, and mm-hmm. the driveway out the back. But um, those sort of houses continue to perform well no matter what. Yeah. Big, big I think, four bedrooms maybe, two four bathrooms. Yeah. Big, Big backyard. Definitely. McKillop Street, yeah, that was a, a beautiful home. Um, the reason that performed really well, again, is a massive part of it was presentation. So um, the owners had tenants in there. We requested that they had them vacate, repainted and get got it styled. Uh, but also they were open to, to pricing it really and aligning with the market now, not the market six months ago. They're the homes that you're noticing that are going well is that you know, there's prices that happened last year that were well above market value for those homes. So we had really lovely clients that were certainly open to the fact that things had slightly changed this year. Um, and naturally that resulted in competition because it was priced really well. Uh, but the main market through that again was Melbourne being on a busier location. So McKillop, 
being um, a bit more of a, a main central road in Geelong. So mm-hmm. again, Melburnians seem to see past that. Um, some of the local feedback that we had was, oh, it's a bit of a busier spot, whereas Melbourne people were standing out the front with trucks going past and having a chat and not even noticing. So again, for the inner city of Geelong, I mean, the Melbourne market has definitely been a healthy push with prices and still is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you get a fair few people from Melbourne calling up, inquiring about your properties? Yeah, I think... Average, you'd see you know, 10 groups through a home, six or seven from out of town. So there's still even falling from last year's market into this, making and look, making reference to that because it has been a changing time in the Geelong market or all markets across Australia the last you know, six, eight months. Um, absolutely. You know, the traffic from Melbourne is still really strong and you know, more than 50% of your, your buyers through the front door are from out of town. So Geelong still looks like great, great value compared to Melbourne and that will continue to be that way. Yeah. yeah yeah what about you you still scroll on realestate.com and mm-hmm. you build your own investment portfolio at all or? so i bought my first little place two years ago in manifold heights um and that's um i'm over in Heighton now so that's rented out so that'll be my little forever investment i don't know if i could ever sell it it's <laughs> a bit sentimental so um but yeah manifold heights was always a location that i was really fond of so tightly held and i was lucky to get an opportunity there but I'm always still looking. I think you can't you can't deny that if you're in real estate, you've got to love looking at property, whether you're buying it or not. So it's still a secret obsession of mine of just peeling through the pages, definitely. Yeah. Bit of a bug. Yeah, love it. Yeah, And travel. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and traveling. So it's, um, but even today, just jumping on realestate.com and seeing what's happening. So yeah, I love keeping in tune. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you, we've sort of spoken about the demand post election, but even the interest mm-hmm. rate cuts, do you think that's given confidence in people getting finance and that sort of thing too? Yeah, absolutely. I think since the election, I'd almost describe as it feels like it's a weight's been lifted off the market. And I think a lot of people that were really fearful. You know, media had a huge part to do with it, in my opinion. I don't watch the news personally. I don't get caught up in the hype. But there was a lot of people very gun-shy um, to actually make a move and commit before the election. Um, a lot of elements came into that. And a lot of it was family and friends saying, you know, wait, the market's going to crash, you know, buy in a month. I used to say to people, let me know when it's going to crash and I'll buy something as well. You know, it's like no one knows what's really going to happen. So since the election, you know, interest rates have come back and um, there's a lot more people back in the market um, or people that couldn't get pre-approval a few months ago that you know absolutely should have been um, and they're now you know, pre-approved and back in the marketplace. But again, unconditional buyers, people being able to bid at auction, which um, even I experienced with a client who was bidding on auctions you know, six, eight months ago and um, he ended up purchasing a property for me in Newtown and his broker turned around and said, no, now you've got to be subject to finance, you know, everything's changed. He was shocked because he'd been bidding at auctions this whole time. But um, those people are back in the market now and unconditionally approved or, you know, pre-approved to be yeah. able to bid at auction. So, um, yeah, it's just a healthier flow. We've definitely noticed numbers through inspections come back up, but people just speaking about the market far more positively than they were a few months ago, which is yeah. nice. So, yeah. I might put you on the spot here too. I saw mm. a post, I think this week, that there was a property that you got that had mm. been on the market for a long time and hadn't been able to sell and you were able to turn it around in a yeah. couple of weeks. Can yeah. you talk us through that? Yeah, so down in Clifton Springs, so in the, on the Ballerine, which um, you know, some may consider um, not an area that you know, I personally work that heavily in. Um, but yeah, it was a great example of, so that was listed, I won't say who, with, <laughs> with a local agency for seven months. And um, it wasn't even, the price wasn't 
even that incorrect in my opinion it was the presentation and advice they'd been given so um yeah we went in there and just suggested a few tweaks um to make and the price actually we listed it for the same price that it was on the other agent with so what sort of suggestions um, can i ask um recarpeting painting um getting the power switched on like really basic details they had it for sale empty so there was no furniture um unfortunately they weren't in a position to get it furnished so we thought well what can we work with um with the canvas that we've got so um we suggested they painted carpeted um we did some sort of tricky things with the marketing we got dusk photos done so it looked like a new listing when it came online Uh, people get used to seeing the same old facade photo for seven months so a lot of people we had through the door um thought that it was a brand new listing it wasn't a takeover which was the perception we wanted to create so um and just getting the power switched on having the lights on at the opens and that's something the other agent had never suggested which just blew my mind because it was um you know it was a darker home so we definitely needed to have power on um but the little tweaks we always have scented candles going and a bit of music and create a bit of an atmosphere as well so um, the buyer that ended up purchasing it was um had been in the market for months and for whatever reason had never come through the front door um, and felt like it was a new listing and we sold it in two weeks for a price that they would have taken seven months ago so they were wrapped with it so it was um, a good example that you know the right advice will get you a good result no matter where you are and um, they felt like going with the local agent down there that did a lot of numbers was what they were supposed to do and um, they've got a different opinion on that now (laughs) (laughs) that they're the sort of days you must really enjoy then yeah it was really nice and um yeah just to see the smile on their face after seven months of um you know a bit of a roller coaster ride with the experience that they had so it's nice to come in and and show people yeah sometimes there's the perception that all agents are the same and we do the same job and you know oh you know you'll throw a for sale board out the front and you know you'll all get a price and sell it but you know that was a nice experience for them just to see that you know it, it certainly is very different across the board not even just brand driven like just individually you know the level of service that you get from someone is so different and you would have experienced that when you're a buyer as well all agents are very different on the inside so um, yeah that was a nice one to throw the sold sticker up on definitely yeah anything uh any different avenues in your career you want to take do you want to become an auctioneer or anything like that oh, down the track i've done i've 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 done my auctioneer training oh it's definitely on the horizon i think um that's that natural next step um of stepping outside the comfort zone um i love the auction process so to be um standing out there on the day doing the auction is definitely on the horizon um, but not quite there yet. But look, I'm really just happy on focusing on doing what I do. And, um, you know, six years in, it still feels like really early days. And, um, yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot on the horizon. But I think, you know, the auctioneer thing is definitely probably hopefully in the next sort of 12 months, two years. Uh, but just focusing on you know, running really good campaigns is where I'm at now. After six years of a roller coaster ride, it's certainly starting to, to level out now. Um, you know, just focusing on you know, A-plus customer service. That's what I love. And, you know, that Clifton Springs one is a great example of that. Cool. Yeah. Let us know when you've got your first auction. Oh, I know. You'll be there recording it. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, thanks for joining me on Open House. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much. See ya. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And... Please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.